Hello, everybody, and welcome to the very first Michael Finkley show. <laughs> Y'all, I tell you, I am so excited. It has been a long time coming, and I tell you, I grew up on talk shows, you know? Um, Oprah Winfrey, um, Stella Jesse Raphael, Montel Williams, later on to Tyra Banks, and also now Tamron Hall. I love talk shows because it gives a platform for people to tell their stories and to educate, inform, and inspire. This is what I want the Finkley, the Michael Finkley Show to do, to educate, inform, and to inspire. So thank you so much for tuning in um, and subscribing to our channel, The Finkley Experience. I tell you, every Monday, we're going to upload new shows of The Michael Finkley Show to this channel. So please make sure you subscribe and also ring that bell for notifications. And we'll send that information to your email so you know that a new video is uploaded. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, and I promise you many more shows to come. And now, so also, when doing these shows, I want to shout out different people or organizations. And so today, I'm wearing a shirt that is beloved to me. Um, this shirt, this M, represents Manning High School of Manning, South Carolina. Uh, I worked there as a college and career counselor uh, for two years, and I met some of the most awesomest teachers, administrators, and also students that I still keep in contact with to this day. Uh, they ask me different questions. They'll text me. and Some of them are in college, so they'll text me for money. But I enjoy that time there, and this is to you. Thank you so much, Manning High, for what you do for students on a daily basis, and much love from The Michael Finkley Show. And so let's get into it. Distance learning. It is the new norm for um, learning for our students in public schools. And a lot of teachers are and, and parents, they're just saying, okay, this is new um, to this magnitude. Um, and I understand that at times they have been doing this within their lesson plans, but to this magnitude, oh my gosh, you know, so um, let me give you some stats. This is coming from the Washington Post. And these are the states that are saying, ah, we're done. School is now gone for the rest of the year. All right. So we're looking at Indiana, Michigan, Georgia, California, um, Alabama, um, Kansas, Arizona, New Mexico, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Virginia, Vermont. These are schools. These are states saying that we are done for the rest of the school year and we are going to remain with e-learning. Also, the rest of the states, they're, they're actually keeping a close eye on um, the coronavirus. And so they're saying that if things get better, we will go back to school. And so um, these are some of the states. So um, Connecticut saying April 3rd, um, April 20th. Um, Colorado is saying the 17th of April. Um, Arkansas, the 17th of April. Um, Alaska, May 1st. Um, Idaho, um, May, um, they didn't give a particular date, but it's sometime in May. Um, also, Indiana, you know, they're looking at, they're working with their state department, state education department. So they're not giving out dates at this time. Again, they're just seeing what is going to happen. Um, Kentucky, May 1, Louisiana, April 30th. Um, Maine has stopped with classroom instruction as a whole. Uh, Minnesota, uh, we're looking at, uh, they're actually having 
distance learnings. They started on March 30th and is going to uh, May 4th. Mississippi, the 17th of April. Missouri, they have not given a date as of yet. Again, just still looking. Um, um, Oregon, uh, Oregon, um, April 28th. Uh, also here in South Carolina, April 30th. Washington State, April 27th. New Hampshire, May 4th. Ohio, May 1. South Dakota, May 1. Tennessee, April 24th. T Texas, May 4th. Idaho, May 1st. Um, West Virginia, April 30th. Wisconsin, April 24th. And Wyoming, the 17th of April. Um, you can Google this information. This information I received from the Washington Post. Um, again, it updates daily. Um, states that saying they're saying now that um, they have a date may just say, hey, you, we're just not going to open. So again, uh, please look out for those dates. Um, please keep in contact with teachers, administrators at this time, um, those persons, and just keep an eye on what the what Washington is saying as well when it comes to education. Um, again, this is all for the betterment of our students. I know this is a tough time for everybody um, and everyone is doing the best that they can. So definitely please um, just keep yourselves informed. Definitely keep yourselves informed. Um, coming up next, we are going to have uh, Miss Leela McCoy. She's going to give an awesome explanation of what distance learning is, the history of it, and where we see ourselves right now. So don't you go away. We'll be right back. On the next Michael Finkley Show. Healthcare professionals have been essential throughout the coronavirus outbreak. We talk with nurses Toya Williams and also Myosha Robinson on their experiences and tips to keep us safe on the next Michael Finkley. Welcome back. So again, we're talking about the topic of distance learning. Now, how is it affecting everyone during this coronavirus down to our students, our parents, school administrators, and teachers as well? So now we have Miss Leela McCoy with us today, and she's going to give an explanation of what distance learning is, how it um, transformed from what it used to be to what it is now, and how students and teachers are using this particular concept. Take it away, Leela. Hello, my name is Leela McCoy, and I'm coming to you today because Mr. Finkley from the Finkley Experience asked me if I would define distance learning. It's a pretty broad topic, um, and I know a lot of parents are have actually contacted me asking what exactly does this mean for my kid, and a lot of students are just saying, hey, we're going online school. And in essence, that is distance learning. Distance learning back a long time ago was predominantly done through colleges and universities. And it was for people who were far away trying to get master's degrees and they would do distance learning. And you would literally be mailed a packet of coursework and every week to every two weeks, you would have to, you know, mail back to the professor, specifically at the university, your findings. And it would involve a lot of research, stuff from the textbook, putting together projects, writing theses. It was extremely extensive. 
Fast forward to the internet. And with the invention of the internet, all of a sudden this distance learning went from mailing materials back and forth to get graded just like a regular classroom to being able to be done digitally and online. Fast forward a little more to the aviability of online classwork. You know, I remember back in the early 2000s, they had courses where the teacher was televised and it was broadcasted into other schools and there was a camera set up and the teacher would teach a lesson actually in a classroom being recorded and the students were being recorded in their separate classrooms in different schools asking questions and interacting. In 2020, we have a lot more capability that works a lot better than those resources. What you're, we're able to do is we're able to have e-learning, we're able to have online learning, where as a teacher, I'm able to record myself, I'm able to use things like Zoom, where I'm having online class meetings, where I'm sitting here being recorded, just like I am right now, but my students are up here on the screen and I'm talking and interacting with them, answering questions. I could put a whiteboard right here and go that way, or I can even use a function to split my screen so my students can follow along on my screen and go through stuff with me. I can read to them out loud. I can look at their faces because they're being projected back and say, hey, you know, Dontrell over there is not getting what's going on. Dontrell, let's talk about it. And I'm able to set up appointment times with him. And what's really cool about distance learning, I think, is the fact that we're able to record these one-on-one -on -one sessions. We're able to record group sessions. So it can be accessed at any time. So when you have a student who's working, you know, eight to four, at Sonic and they're getting home at six o'clock, they're saying, hey, I missed my class today, but I can pull it up in our online classroom feature and I can watch my lesson, what was going on. I can email my teacher with questions. I can post questions to my class and I can still do my work and turn in the work. A lot of schools currently are giving teachers the authenticity to do this. We also have another side of it where you have distance learning, which is kids, a lot of students who do like virtual academies and things like that, or kids who even do course recovery type programs with Play-Doh and Edmentum, where it sets up a whole series of actual lessons for them. They watch, they interact with, and it helps assess, you know, hey, has the child mastered this skill or have they not? And there's a teacher, a real live teacher, a real person on the other end saying, okay, you know, this child's having trouble here and they contact the students, say what's going on and help break down the module for them. And so you've got several different options, but the base premise is the same. Distance education or distance learning, e-learning, online learning, they're all fundamentally the same concept. You have a real life teacher who is trying to help real life students but we're having to use the internet and phone or computer. We're having to use technical components to connect with each other. And so I can help teach so the child can help learn. Thank you so much, Leela, for that information. It's very much so needed. Thank you so much. And thank you for being on our show today. Uh, when it comes to distance learning, again, it's been around for 
decades, but it is fairly new because of the age of technology that we're dealing with in present day. So this is why it's so brand new in that regard. And especially now since secondary, well, public schools are using it to educate those as if they were in college. So we are learning this process. Everyone is learning this process now. And it's so important that we kind of have a grasp of what it is so we can really understand and work forth with it as well. So again, thank you so much, Ms. McCoy, for that information. And more to come. We'll be right back. The Finkley Experience is an educational consulting firm that specializes in first-generation education. We assist parents and their students with the college process. We train school administrators, and we also partner with colleges and universities to assist with their first-generation population. To learn more about our consulting firm and to purchase our book and workbook, please visit our website at thefinkleyexperience.com. Welcome back. Thank you so much for staying with us. As you know, we are talking about the concept of distance learning and what that looks like in America today. And so now, again, it, again, we're, it's been affecting everybody. So now we're talking with teachers. Teachers are, even though they have been using this concept in classrooms for so long, now they have to think outside the box. And I've seen so many different things on Facebook and um, on YouTube and IG of what teachers are doing to make sure that students don't miss a beat while they're out of the classroom. Next, we have Miss. Natasha Richardson. She's a third grade teacher um, in Rock Hill, South Carolina, and she is going to now talk about her experiences and what she's been doing with um, her students as it comes with distance learning. Thank you, Natasha, for being on our show today. Hey, Finkley. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate the opportunity to share with everyone today. Later on, you're going to have to tell them how far we go back, though. <laughs> Um, distance learning so far has truly been a journey. It's been very interesting um, in the fact that it came about in a way that, you know, nobody was expecting at the time. There had been conversation about it. Um, and distance learning was already a part of a plan for Rock Hill schools. I teach third grade in Rock Hill schools. It was already a part of our um, one of our makeup days that we were originally going to have. And we were to give assignments electronically to students because students in third through 12th grade each have their own personal device. So assignments were to be given there and teachers were to have open office hours. So going from one day of being very prepared for that to now about two and a half, three weeks in, you know, just kind of building the plane as we fly it is very, um, it's very interesting. It's very different. It is something that like I said, we were not as prepared for going from one day to about two weeks worth of time. Uh, one of the things that I've noticed uh, for myself personally is um, not being able to interact with my kids, of course. Um, one thing I pride myself on is the relationships that I have with my students. My students are are very um they are, they are very much mine. We have definitely built a very close bond so far this year. And I hate that, you know, we are not able to continue that in person. Uh, one of the things that I am fortunate to be able to use, though, is Zoom, um, which is a site or a platform 
where you can video chat with your students or with other people. Doesn't matter how many, you can all come in and have conversation and use that as a way to connect with each other. The first one that we did was very, um, it was fun. I needed it for my heart's sake because I really missed my students. I also know that parents are really feeling the pressure. Uh, I think one of the positives out of this, all of the distance learning that I see so far, is that people are really and truly beginning to appreciate the fundamental basics that school offers. School offers a lot more than what people realize. It's more than just education. Students are getting social skills. Students are getting life skills. Students are being fed. Students are being protected. And now that you know some of that has been taken away and it's been taken off the shoulders of schools and put back into the laps of families and parents and the community, it's really interesting to see you know how they've kind of rallied to gather what these kids need and to provide those needs for them that you know they've had all, all along, but the primary giver of those things had been school. So it, it really is. Um, encouraging to see that people are stepping up to that. The first round of distance learning for us, third grade, decided to do paper pencil packets. So all of our work was printed, copied, and parents were able to come and pick it up. There was nothing in the packet that was brand new. It was all um, it was all information that they had already been taught work that they could do about an hour a day independently, which had gone very well. Like I said, one of the roadblocks that we faced was, you know, how do we get it back? How do we check it? Things like that. Um, I'm of the faith that parents are doing the best that they can right now with their kids. I trust that my parents are doing right by their kids. If they have questions, they call me. That's another thing that I know that I'm really, you know, thankful for is that, you know, they still feel like that they can call me and we can chat about work. We can chat about what's going on and still very much have a um, an open conversation about those things too, for sure. Uh, the third time, or I'm sorry, the second time around, more work has been given electronically. I've been given work electronically this time around. Uh, like I said, students in grades three through 12 in Rock Hill schools each have a device. So I've been able to go in and set assignments and I can check this work online and write them notes back and things like that. Uh, for as far as new content is concerned, what I've done is I've used Zoom and what I do is on Tuesdays and Thursdays, that's when I teach my official live lessons. I teach my Zoom lessons on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I record the lessons with all of their questions in it, all of my responses, all of my feedback, all of you know my manipulatives or whatever it is I'm using, my stories, my read-alouds, I take it and I record it. So after I've recorded it, I put it on Canvas. So with that being said, students who did not make it to the Zoom that day or weren't able to log in for whatever reason, you know, lots of things are going on in homes right now, whatever did or didn't happen, they are always able to go back to it and watch that lesson and get that content. So that way nobody feels as if they're missing out Everybody's still getting the same delivery of content. Parents are definitely in need of support. I've had lots of parents say, I am not a teacher. I am a nurse. I am an accountant. I am a, something that's not a teacher. So they are very much in the, they're very much in the boat of appreciating what is happening with schools and what schools provide. And they are also very much 
appreciative, I see, of what school offers. So that's very exciting to see. Thank you so much, Natasha, for your words and your testimonial. Here at The Michael Finkley Show, we tip our hats off to you and what you're doing with your students and making sure that they are still learning what they need to know in order to be promoted to the next grade and for um, standards as well. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I know it's not easy, but you're doing an awesome job. More to come. We'll be right back. Mondays. Mondays on YouTube are never going to be the same. <laughs> we are here to inform, educate, and inspire. The Michael Finkley Show, Mondays on YouTube. Thank you so much and welcome back to The Michael Finkley Show. Now we know that, again, distance learning is affecting everyone across the nation, from teachers to parents to their children. And now we're going, we're going to talk with Michelle and Dominique. Dominique is a 11th grader, junior, a rising senior here in South Carolina, along with his mom. And they're going to talk about their challenges with the distance learning aspect during the coronavirus pandemic. Take it away, Michelle and Dominique. Thank you so much for joining us here on The Michael Finkley Show. Hey, Mr. Finkley. Hi, Mr. Finkley. Thank you so much for having us on your video regarding uh, distance learning or e-learning as other people call it. Um, me and Dominic are going to kind of do a Q&A back and forth as far as some of uh, questions that parents and students alike may have for one another. So I'm gonna let Dominic ask first. Okay, so um, what are some positives to distance learning that you're seeing? Um, positives, I think you guys are getting a chance to figure things out on your own. You're not relying so much on people uh, holding your hand, so to speak. Um, I think the technology aspect of being able to see and learn at the same time is helpful. And I think it allows you to be self-motivated and have to do it on your own time and do it right and put more effort into your assignments. So with that being said, how is distance learning impacting you positively? Um, I guess I could say that it's not, I mean, it's a little more stressful than school, but at the same time, it's showing me that I have to put myself on a schedule. Nobody's gonna do it for me. So I guess it comes down to where I am responsible. It comes down to my responsibility. And it's more of, I guess it's, it's making me struggle in a positive way because it's showing that I have to take accountability for my work. And even though nobody's over my shoulder, it shows that I have to still do the right thing like I am still in the classroom, so. Very well, very well. What are some negatives you're seeing with distance learning? Y'all are driving me crazy. That's I'm tough. not a teacher. That's tough. <laughs> um, I think being part of the generation that saw the implementation of the internet and still not having a clue how to navigate it is the biggest stressor that I have your your guys's generation your siblings and, and other younger kids um 
have this innate ability to just pick up a, a tablet or a phone or a computer and navigate around it in ways that I've never even seen. And that is a little unnerving. Like last night, for example? <laughs> I still try to figure out Google Classroom. But um, it is, it's very difficult for me to keep up with the technology as far as how everything is turned in, how assignments are completed, um, where to go to look if they're completed. So things alike along that aspect have been most challenging. And I would also have to say, um, I'm not a teacher. I never wanted to be a teacher. And I, you know, can remember vividly telling my teachers as a kid, like, I can do your job, no problem. Like, I could go up there and do this. I think I'm eating those words with a lot of soap right now, and I don't like it. It tastes yeah. really bad. Yeah. Um, how is it impacting you negatively? So, I, I have ADHD, as you know. Mm -hmm. So I have a learning disability. It's not like a massive one, but it's, it's there. And I'm easily distracted because I have the attention span of a goldfish. So mm -hmm. it's, it's hard for me to sit down and focus, especially. And it, I guess it, it doesn't help the fact that like you kind of jump down my throat and are just like, you need to get this done, you need to get this done. I know what I need to get done. And I'm trying my best to do it. And you adding that more, you adding that extra stress isn't helping me at all either. How do you think it would, um, like, how do, how do you think that other kids who are in this kind of situation, how do you think that they need to cope with it? Or how, is there, I guess, is there a way of a, of a coping mechanism for you to get through that kind of stress and to buckle down? Or is there something that you got at school that helped with that that you're not getting at home? It's at school, okay, so when I was at school, I knew what I needed to get done, obviously kind of like how it is in Google Classroom, but I knew that I was in an environment with people I could communicate with while I was doing my schoolwork, so I was still getting my social time as well as getting my work done. And it also kind of helped knowing that my teacher was there, kind of watching. And there are specific guidelines that my teacher put in place in school to help because my math teacher also has ADHD. So he implemented some guidelines for us so that way we're not as distracted. Mm -hmm. And being at home, I don't really have that, so. Hmm, that's something to think about. I can fix that. Your turn. How are you helping my siblings with their schoolwork? Um, trying to be as creative as possible. Um, trying to set aside time for each of you who come to me with any questions that you may have with schoolwork or whatnot um, individually so that you guys continue to get that one-on-one -on -one time and that you um, are all getting the time that you need to sit down and actually have time to learn and, and process the information. It's very difficult in our household, as you know. Um, we have some other issues that can kind of throw a wrench in a thing. And I'm sure it's like that with just about everybody's household right now. You know, it's one thing or another. Um, so adapt and overcome is routinely something that we put in place here. But I think it's important that 
we just keep going. Yeah. Just pick up and run. How confident are you as a student now versus when you were in a classroom? I'd have to say not as confident. Why is that? Because at school, it's like I said, like somebody's there always. Mm. And you and dad kind of like, I don't know, you guys, you guys have a million one things to do based on mm. everything that's been going on. <coughs> so there's that, and you and dad also can't help me with things that my teachers can't because they have gone through college courses to learn everything that they have to teach us. Mm. You guys didn't, so it makes it harder. So I'm not as confident as I would be in school. Okay. Yeah. So do you think this is the best way for younger children to learn, like my siblings to learn? I don't think it's entirely the way that they should learn. Um, I think that if they're going to incorporate any kind of e-learning that they should be able to find a way to implement hands-on learning as well to coincide with that. And I don't mean that just for the younger kids, I mean that for all of the kids. So for instance, science, um, most people don't do well with you know, um, science in a classroom. It's either very great or it's very boring. It's, it's really no in between. Mm -hmm. So as far as little kids who are more impressionable, um, I think that they could be doing uh, e-learning where you know they they watch a video on how to make a you know homemade rocket or whatever and or some kind of mechanical thing with stuff around the house and they can watch it and the parents can watch it and they can learn together and apply it outside you know in their backyard during especially during these times um, <clears throat> so that they're getting a grasp of how to articulate visual learning uh, and distance learning and traditional learning methods and be able to combine all of those into one mm -hmm. and really push and excel forward more than a traditional classroom setting could provide. Um, I think there's some things that has made e-learning extremely more difficult especially with the younger kids because they have the common core math which as you know we did not grow up on common core math i don't know what the point of all these boxes that's 10 times more the work than doing it the way i was taught um and i can see 100 videos on it a day and i still wouldn't get it so e-learning for as a parent who, who struggled in math as a kid and who struggles with keeping up with technology and keeping up with a new curriculum, those kind of subjects with math and things like that are very, very hard. And I'm, I'm afraid of how my inability to understand those concepts is going to affect the kids later. More with Michelle and Dominique when we return. Don't you go away. on the next Michael Finkley Show. Healthcare professionals have been essential throughout the coronavirus outbreak. We talk with nurses Toya Williams and also Myosha Robinson on their experiences and tips to keep us safe on the next Michael Finkley.
Welcome back. So more conversation with Michelle and Dominique. So how do you think distance learning is affecting younger children as a whole? Like, do you believe that this is the easiest way, the hardest way, or do you think this is just outright, just controlled chaos? I honestly don't know. I would have to say it would depend on the child um, and their personalities and how they learn. Um, for instance, you know, CJ is uh, very much a rambunctious child who loves to be with his friends and he loves to um, kind of push buttons. And But he's extremely smart. So I think for him not being in a classroom setting, um, it's not really negatively or positively impacting him one way or another because he still has those same distractions here. Um, he's got, you know, you and Brayton and mom and dad and, you know, his animals and his games, his TV um, and his work. Mm -hmm. So when he does do his work, he does it great. He excels at it. But again, it's, he's not having that constant hovering that he does in a traditional classroom and because of all the other things that I have to take care of during the day. No, and I understand that. And I also noticed that, like, like I said, that's when like the whole, I'm taking away your thing comes back into play. You right. have to put him on a schedule. And I understand that's what you've been trying to do, like 10, 15 is when our day starts. But then again, you also have to give him a break because one thing I noticed is you like to just get it all done. And that's not the way CJ comprehends. And that's a way a lot of kids like and, that's, that's a lot right. of way that they a lot of kids aren't gonna sit down for two three hours and get all their work done when they need that break to go run around or to go do something else to get that out of their system. You're right, and I don't think I never really looked at it that way because he is home, so that was probably a, a mess understood or you know a, an overlook an overlook on my port yeah yeah um and again and then you and then you have brayton who's just like he'll sit in front of the computer and, and do all of his work all, all of his work day. for like four days five <laughs> days up you know the road um so i th i think it's as a parent who has been put in the role of a school teacher you are learning things about your child that you probably overlooked or didn't quite understand um, and it's not a negative thing even if it's negative things you're learning you're learning so you're you're still applying new knowledge to make things better later on mm. um, and as far as the kids having to do e-learning there is a lot of controversy behind it but again, um, it's adapt and overcome, and it's living history. It's something that we're probably, God forbid, going to see at one time or another, because well, the world's just the way it is. And I think now that we have a basis of what went right with e-learning 
and what went wrong that if there was ever a time that this had to come into play again that there wouldn't be so many hands in the cookie jar kind of thing yeah i understand that and considering the fact that the school district hasn't they they've they haven't really put out a lot on it either. Like this was just kind of just a last minute thing. And I know for a fact my teachers, none of my teachers were prepared for this, except one. No, nobody really was prepared for any of it at all. Oh, I mean, there were some teachers that saw it coming, so they were preparing a lesson plan ahead of time, mm -hmm. but some didn't want to, I guess, I guess some were not starting to acknowledge the fact, and then once it sunk in, it was too late. I think as far as, I don't think e-learning as far as the older kids, is too much of a negative impact because you at this point you guys are becoming young adults this is real life like these are all these tools is what you're learning what you'll apply in life and the younger kids they still don't have that the mentality or that maturity level quite yet so i think that a lot of them are struggling with this, oh, this is an extended summer break or spring break or whatever. Um, and that's what worries me is how are they, how is the, the not just the, the state governors, but how is the federal government as a whole gonna hold these kids accountable if they were already failing all of their classes prior to the pandemic? and they pass and now they're even further behind or what happens to the kids who you know had straight A's and have to repeat a grade like I, I think that aspect is well I know for a fact they can't just hold back a whole generation that's not going to happen they, they can't do that there's no way that they're going to do that but I do see where you're coming from because I, I was one of those kids who was failing I was failing ceramics I don't understand how you can fail ceramics <laughs> I don't either. I, I really wasn't trying. If I yeah, I'm being honest, I wasn't trying, not even a little bit. And, I mean, there's not really a whole lot that you're going to take away from ceramics class and apply it to the real world, honestly. But I, I don't know. But I know for a fact they, they passed. Uh, they they passed everybody with like a sixty, like a sixty-seven or something. So do you think that this? Um e-learning thing would possibly be the foundation of how curriculums are brought together as a whole like for future generations uh what do you mean so what i'm saying is like our like your crisis curriculums now is pretty much based on you know passing state tests mm -hmm. being sure that you know the minimum requirements of this that and the other so with you feeling like easy classes like ceramics that have really no real world uh, value. value, unless of course you're gonna become a professional artist. Do you think that the government should take a look at the curriculum as it is now and figure out what really needs to change versus what needs to be dropped? Um, okay, so I feel like, I mean, I do feel like it, this is the best way to get that second look at everything, mm -hmm. because not everybody's going to graduate high school saying, oh, I'm gonna be, you know, I'm gonna be somebody who works at pottery, I'm, you know, I'm gonna be a ceramic artist, or I'm gonna be an artist, or I'm gonna be a photographer, you know, I feel like if 
a high school was based off of what that child wanted to do and they can give them courses off of that um, professional uh, professional career, I feel like it'd be easier. So this is this is that way of looking at it. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, I do feel like, you know, your math, your ELA, your social studies and your sciences, your core common core classes do need to be implemented there. But your elective classes mm -hmm. should be second, should be looked at. Okay. Should be looked at again. Okay. So basically, so am I understanding you right that like maybe basically the 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 elective classes should be looked at again? Because I don't I don't know. Like I said, like I want to go to the army, so I don't understand how pottery is gonna help me with my goal. Like I don't understand that. Okay. So what can you learn or I'm sorry, what can you apply from everything that's going on today um, through this distance learning thing? What are three things that you can take from this experience and apply it to not just, you know, today and tomorrow, but to your entire adult life? Alright, so obviously one is no excuses. If it doesn't get done, it just doesn't get done. You can't really say, oh no, I was distracted. It was just, no, I just didn't get it done that day. That's the honest truth. There wasn't really any, ex there's no reason behind it. It's just, it didn't get done. Mm -hmm. um, and that's one thing that is going to spark a lot of like, well, you were goofing off that, that, and third. No, it just didn't get done. And a lot of people are going to be like, that's just, that's an excuse within itself, but it's really not. Because you're, you're, you're coming to the reality of, I did not get it done, and I can blame it on this person, I can blame it on that, but it still didn't help the fact that it didn't get done. And that's what Colonel White told me, is just, if it doesn't get done, your parents ask you what happened, just say it didn't get done. That's all that's really to it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, another one is, obviously, adapt and overcome with the situation, because you know, with the COVID-19 outbreak, We've been kind of had to roll with the punches with what the school district wants to do with this e-learning and, you know, with the fact that South Carolina is basically on the verge of being shut down and everything is kind of insane. Um, it's like, it's like socialism has started and we have a democracy. But yeah. Anyway, it's, it's, it's weird. But, um, and then obviously another one is wash your hands <laughs> <laughs> wash your hands <laughs> no. Oh no, i'm joking i'm joking but another one is definitely take responsibility for yourself um and definitely tell yourself that you need like you can't really tell yourself but just you need to take responsibility for what you need to do and you need to put yourself on a schedule. You need you need to take accountability for your actions. You need to take responsibility for your actions and you need to take control of your learning because it is your education. You need to take control of your life because it, again, it is your life. Nobody is going to do your work for you. Nobody's going to guide you through your life for you. That's on you. Thank you so much, Michelle and Dominique, for telling your story. I do hope that someone out there can relate to this story as well, because during this time that we're living in, we are building a stronger community in all aspects, and especially when it comes to the concept of distance learning. So thank you so much. And I hope that you all take advantage 
of this time in building that strong educational community. More to come. We'll be right back. The Finkley Experience is an educational consulting firm that specializes in first-generation education. We assist parents and their students with the college process. We train school administrators, and we also partner with colleges and universities to assist with their first-generation population. To learn more about our consulting firm and to purchase our book and workbook, please visit our website at thefinkleyexperience.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Michael Bingley Show. As you see, we are still talking about the concept of distance learning and what that is doing to our nation as a whole. You've heard from teachers, you've heard from parents and students today. And I want to give you a prediction list of where I see where I see distance learning will be in the future. I'm giving you five predictions right now, right here on The Michael Bingley Show. If they come to pass... Y'all, I was right. <laughs> uh, so number one, public schools, um, teachers, public school teachers will have to beef up their offering when it comes to e-learning. And this will be a concept that they will have to do on their lesson plans as well. They will, I see that teachers will have to have backup lesson plans for e-learning for their students, especially if something like this would ever to happen again. I also see that within education programs in higher education, they're going to teach on this concept as well. So that's number one. Number two, um, we see that um, there may be an increase in school, um, homeschooling. You know, a lot of parents are saying, hey, I can't do this. But some are saying, hey, I can do this. So I feel more comfortable in my, my student learning with me at home. So we may see an increase in that as well. You're definitely going to see a more uh, more interest when it comes out to different conferences and professional development when it comes to e-learning. Um, I definitely feel that um, when it comes to that, they just want more training on it, how that can be um, obliged and that kind of thing. You're going to find persons that find this um, concept very interesting and become experts in this field. So you may see a rise in that as well. Also, too, you may see more platforms like Zoom or Skype that are going to be developed in the future to um, assist with students in that regard and parents as well. So get ready for that. And then number five. An increase in online education when it comes to higher higher education. Um, students may grasp more to now um, higher education online. You know, they're saying now I, I love learning from home and I love I love this concept. So you may see a rise in that as well. And don't be surprised if you see more online schools popping as well from this pandemic. So again, those are my those are Finkley's predictions. Um, if they come to pass. If they come to pass, what do you think was going to happen? What do you think is going to happen because of this pandemic? What are your predictions? Please type in the comments below and I cannot wait to read them. More to come. We'll be right back. Hmm. I know I have viewers from South Carolina, North Carolina, Tennessee, and Georgia that are watching. But where are you from? Leave comments below of your location and I promise I will comment back. We'll be right back. Thank you so much for coming back, but can you believe that we're at the end of the very first Michael Finkley show? Ah, bittersweet, but I tell you more shows to come. Thank you to all of my guests, Natasha, Leela, Dominique, and Michelle for sharing their stories during this 
crisis that we're in and in America. We're all going to make it through and I hope that these stories inspire you to make it another day. On the next Michael Finkley, we will have Myosha Robinson and Toya Williams. They're nurses and they're going to talk about their experiences through the coronavirus and tips to keep us safe. Thank you so much for watching and please again subscribe and like and ring that bell for notifications. We'll see you Monday. Have a good one.